Bud Light presents Real Men of Genius. Real Men of Genius. Today we salute you, Mr. Modified Fart Can Driver Guy. Mr. Modified Fart Can Driver Guy. Up in the sky, it's a bird. It's a plane. It's the mighty, mighty fart can to save the day. Now that's what I call a hero. Forget my two-year-old's nap. He will not rest until he's serenaded with the sound of a trumpet on meth making love to a weed whacker on steroids. I'll bet he's got a big dick. Only you have the intelligence to realize that your car's modified exhaust is way more important than that slipping transmission. So crack open a cold Bud Light, Mr. Master of the Muffler. Somewhere, Vin Diesel is smiling. Mr. Modified Fart Can Driver Guy. Anheuser-Busch, St. Louis, Missouri. Hey, what's going on? It's Christian Rodriguez, and it is time for the C-Rod Podcast for Sunday, October 29th, 2023, coming in with a little of the Los Espookies <laughs> for Halloween, little Ray Parker Jr., the Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters. <laughs> Actually, more on this song later. I got a little, little segment I put together here, talking about certain songs. I wanted to try to put together some things, and I got—I actually got two things like that this week. Where, you know, you remember I did the top five songs for drunk, drunk white people that they think they're crack. I got another countdown for you guys later on the other side, and then I got some stuff here with this song and others that I'm not going to blow the cover of what the bit's about yet. But first, you knew it was coming, and this will be, of course. The last time that I talk about the Phillies on the C-Rod podcast in 2023, because I got to be honest with you, it ended, you know, mid last week. So I've had some days to stew over it, but that was just a punch in the gut. That was a punch in the gut that I, I, I hadn't felt since the 2021 Sixers when they just completely choked completely choked against the Atlanta Hawks blowing a 26 point lead a 22 point lead at home I'm not even going to get into that but this one hurt all right for so many reasons and I know every you know people were sending me messages oh, I thought you said they were going to win and listen everybody thought that they were going to win okay like it was they were a team of destiny you take down the Atlanta Braves you you have to have this this Alpha bravado the rest of the way, saying, like, we are not going to lose. And they had that until game six, and I'll, I'll get back into that in a second. I'll break it all down. But I got to be honest with you, I'm getting a little bit ticked off. I'm getting a little bit ticked off, not a little bit, I'm pissed off as, as a Philadelphia fan. Now, you guys know me, okay, whether it be a person, whether it be sports, whether it be a culture, whether it be this, I live the same way. I ride the same way. I, I, I have the same exact baseline, and that baseline is if you do well, I'm going to praise you. 
If you don't, I'm going to rip you. Now, I'm not even going through, you know, the 45 years of my life. I mean, I, I got into sports very early. I was about six or seven. You know, but I'm not even talking about that. I'll, let's just go back to from, from 2000 and up. Let's just go to this millennia. Over and over and over and over again, they continue to lose to inferior teams when they're heavily favored at home. Now, for those of you who saw it, I put this on my Facebook page. Three straight NFC title games where the, where Eagles, the Eagles were favored. They lost the NFC title game. Now the Rams, the, the Rams game was on the road, and they were going against the greatest show on turf, and they weren't they weren't favorites in that game, by the way. But but either way, you know, the next two years, like that Tampa Bay Buccaneers loss in the NFC title game in two thousand two was an embarrassment. It was an embarrassment. And then the next year to the Carolina Panthers, they lost to Jake DeLome and the Carolina Panthers. Are you fucking kidding me right now? And again, they were supposed to win by two touchdowns. And of course, you go to the you know, 2021 Sixers. I said on my Facebook page, I'm like, hold my beer. Like, you thought that was a choke job? <laughs> like, hold my beer. And let's not forget when they were favored against the Toronto Raptors, even though they were on the road. All right, what happened? In game seven, Kawhi Leonard, a hundred times the thing bounced off the rim to, to win the Eastern Conference Finals, or the, you know, the semifinals, I should say. But they were favored to win that too. All right, now last year for the Phillies was a Cinderella story, and we all felt that's when everybody identified and fell in love with this team. All right, and then they made additions this year. Like we talked about, that the whole city identified with this team. It's like I told you last week. They let you in, and 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 they were, they're such a fun bunch to watch. But I'm 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 just pissed off at them. I'm pissed off at them. And, you know, my shit here. I want to get into this, and I want to get into what went wrong, and I want to get into the reason why the reasons why this this choke job actually happened, which I I did not think was going to happen, and and, and nobody. Did. In fact. Chris Mad Dog Russo, okay, a 30-year New York, you know, sports radio personality, came out and said after game five when the Phillies were going back home and had they had to win one game in two shots at home, Chris Mad Dog Russo said, if the Phillies lose this series, and he went to his producer, he goes, write this down. He goes, if the Phillies lose this series, I will retire. Now he's eating crow. I don't think he's going to retire. But he was basically saying, like, I'm not going to have to worry about people breaking my balls about this because there's no way the Diamondbacks are going in there and winning two games. There's just no way it's going to happen. Now, here are the keys to why they lost that series. And I said it last week. The First first and foremost, Craig Kimbrell. Your closer cannot lose two games that you had to lead in in a league championship series. It just can't happen. In fact, I only think it happened once that the, for World Series that I watched anyway. And a matter of fact, ironically enough, it was the Diamondbacks. In 2001, I think it was 2001, one of the best World Series ever was the Yankees and the Diamondbacks. And two times their closer, Byung-Hung Kim, blew a save. But they ended up winning the series. That, that, that normally doesn't happen. If, you're, if your closer blows two games in a seven-game series, chances are you lost it. And Kimbrell was a, a big, a big reason why they squandered this series. All right, but that's not even that's not even it. 
All right, what did I say last week in playoff baseball? If you get it, you can't give it back. And if you do, if you do let it go, if you get it back, you better not let it fucking go again. And it's momentum. They lost the momentum to that series in game four, and they responded in game five, much like this team has responded the entire year. They responded in game five, and they took the momentum back. Now you got two games at Citizens Bank Park, and you only have to win one of them. All right, now we go to game six. Aaron Nola. Okay, and I'm going to tell you the exact moment that not only did they hand the momentum back, but that was it. They lost the series right at that moment. Third inning, game six. Aaron Nola lets up two solo home runs in a row, back-to-back home runs. After that second home run, the series was over. Because when they filmed into that Arizona Diamondbacks dugout, that, that was when you saw, they were like, we got them. Like, we, we got this team. It, it, you knew it. And they played on their heels the rest of the way. In fact, they played on their heels in, in the entire game six and seven. They played with their assholes puckered up. And they should have. And I said this last week, too. I said, just go in there in game six and step on their throats and put them away. Because you do not want this team to have any kind of hope or belief because anything can happen in a game seven, and it did. I'm not as dumb as I look. You had to win that game six because now if you lost that game six, then the entire world of pressure is now on the Phillies. And the Diamondbacks have absolutely nothing to lose. They're an 84-win team. They don't belong here anyway. They're playing on house money. And that's exactly what the fuck happened, okay? So they gave them the momentum away. That's another reason, all right? Now, three, Rob Thompson. Now, I know what you're thinking. I'm going to be like every other Philadelphia fan. You got to fucking fire him, man. I'm not saying that at all. I love Rob Thompson. I really do. And I think he is the perfect fit for this group. You do not fire Rob Thompson, okay? But he played a role in it. Now, before I get into what he did, I want to take you back to 2011, all right? In 2011, the Phillies had four aces, as we know, okay? They, they went out and spent millions on Roy Oswalt, Roy Halladay, Cliff Lee, and they already had Cole Hamels, okay? They, they were not going to lose. They won 104 games that year. They were unbeatable. But if there was one thing that they needed to make this team complete to the point where you're going to guarantee a World Series, they needed a right-handed bat to protect Ryan Howard. Because, you know, Burrow and Worth were gone. They had, they had no protection for Ryan Howard on the right side of the plate. So they go out the trade deadline and they get Hunter Pence. And that was the best possible move that they could have made. That was an unbelievable move. That, that solidified the World Series right there, you know, barring injuries or freak shit. But for some reason, Charlie Manuel hit Shane Victorino behind Ryan Howard in that series against the Cardinals, and you saw what happened. They could not score runs. Why? Because if I'm a pitcher, all right, I would much rather pitch to Victorino than Ryan Howard. So what am I going to do? I'm not going to give Ryan Howard anything to hit. I'll take my chances with Victorino. And that was the tone of why they lost that entire series, okay? And the same thing happened here. If you learned anything from Philly's history, Rob Thompson, he'd been in baseball 40 years. Go back to that series. The entire playoffs, you got Alec Bohm batting in the four hole, and he he couldn't hit water if he fell out of a boat. I, I said that last week. 
you, you got to look at the situation, man. Like, like this is not, hey, he'll hit his way out of it. You know, you do that in June and May. I said that before. So here's what happens. All right, after game two, okay, Harper and, you know, Harper, you know, he did what he always does in the playoffs in games one and two. But then then they, then I give Tori Lovello a lot of credit. He said, listen, like, Boehm ain't hitting shit right now. I would much rather pitch to him than Bryce Harper. Bryce Harper in the playoffs is in, on another planet. If we can take him out of the game, we're going to win this fucking thing. And that's exactly what they did. They pitched around fucking Harper every single time. He got nothing to hit, and look what he did in games three through seven. He did guts. It's not Harper's fault. All right, now, Boom hits a home run in game seven. Yay, it was already over at that point. I don't give a shit about that home run. But that was their demise. You, you just cannot do that. You, you have to put somebody in that situation. Okay, when you start to see in games one and two, okay, fine. In games three and four, when you see them pitching around Harper to get Boehm, you see the strategy and you got to counter that. You can't just believe he's going to just break out of this slump this late in the year. It's not going to happen. Now, everybody was struggling on the team, including this Nick Castellanos, who was on the moon for two weeks. And then suddenly, after game one, he hits a home run in game one, and he went oh for the rest of the series because he's he's he that guy is a knucklehead. So you couldn't put him in the four hole because he wasn't striking fear in any pitchers to you know to actually have to pitch to Harper. Now, if you could put one guy in that hole at that time, I'm going to a veteran. I'm going to a guy who understands all the situations. If you know, if there's a guy on third with less than two outs, I know what my objective is. Just put the ball in play, sacrifice fly, anything like that. I'm not going to go up there and I'm not going to try and you know hit the ball in, into the next stratosphere. I'm like, they tried to do too much. The guy that should have been batting in the four hole because it, it would have tightened things up to the point where Harper would have got more pitches. And I'll try to do my, my my best Dan Baker for you guys here. Ready? Now batting for the Phillies. Catcher, J.T. Real Muto. Jacob Tyler should have been hitting fourth. There's no question about it. <clears throat> you know, when he put game five on ice, it was like, I, I know what I got to do here. You know, I got I got runners in scoring position. We got a little bit of a lead. We need some insurance for the shaky bullpen. And he deposited one in the left field seats. He's just a gamer. And 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 Bohm is one of those guys, all right, that he's first of all, he's entirely too hard on himself. And B, he wears his emotions on his sleeve and shows the other team that he's struggling. He had a look of intense disappointment on his face and, and actual fear. Opposing teams, they smell that like a shark smells blood in the water. And and they and they they made him pay. They exposed him. And when you, when that happens. All right, when the four-hole hitter is getting pitched, well, the three-hole hitter in this particular case, when when that happens, when you're pitching around Harper, you've now created a hole in the heart of your lineup. And that was the ultimate demise of the Phillies. The other ultimate demise is the next point of what killed them was their approach. Notice, okay, when they hit, they were hitting all those bombs against Miami, against Atlanta, even against Arizona in the beginning. 
The reason why that happened was because they were jumping on that first pitch fastball. And, and that's one thing that got them there was their, was their aggressive approach early in the count. And they made a lot of teams pay for it, okay? But the difference is, it's a, you know, when you're aggressive in the zone, that's one thing. When you're aggressive and the pitches are out of the zone, that's a, a completely different animal. All right? And if you look at games six and seven, the absolute trash that this team swung at, particularly in game seven, I'll, I'll, you want you, you ready for a historic number? I'm going to give you a number that jumped off the page to me that I, I just couldn't believe it. In Game 7, the Phillies swung and missed collectively at 26 pitches, 16 of which were out of the zone. And Torrey Lovello saw that and said, that's our strategy moving forward. We are going to make them swing and miss until they start letting these pitches go. Because the Phillies were playing on their heels at the point where every guy went up to that plate felt like they needed to hit a home run. And unfortunately, when you live by the long ball, you're going to die by the long ball. I just didn't see them really coming back down to earth, though, because they just kept on hitting home runs. But when you get to a point where you can't manufacture runs, then you're, you're going to lose. And they were just swinging for the fences. And I saw pitches that I couldn't believe. Like a right-handed pitcher pitching to a right-handed batter throws a slider that comes out of his hand starting over the outside part of the plate and ends up three feet off the plate, and they're swinging at it. Castellanos and Bohm were the two biggest offenders of this. Sure, JT swung in a few bad ones. You know, Stott's been swinging at garbage. But you, you can't let that happen. And last but not least, I've been saying this the entire playoffs on this show, men left on base. Runners in scoring position with less than two outs. All these opportunities that they squandered because they were trying to do too much and their approach just seemed to escape them. I'll give you like game seven, okay? Game seven in the, in the fifth inning. In the fifth inning, okay? Now it, it's getting to the point where like we got to score some runs here, okay? You got the top of the order coming up. Carl, Kyle Schwerber leads off and he ropes a double in the, in the right field corner. All right, now you got a guy on second base with nobody out. Okay, I don't care what the situation is. And I'm not asking you to bat a thousand with runners in scoring position. You got to plate that run. I don't give a shit. You got to plate that fucking run. Okay. Now what happens now? You got your two, three, four. Your big guns coming up. Somebody's got to be able to get them over and get them in. If not, you hit a double or hit the ball over the fence or some shit. But what happened? Trey Turner comes up. Weak ground out. Schwarber stays at second. One out. Harper comes up. Pops out to second base, two down. Didn't move Schwarber yet. And did you have any kind of confidence that Alec Bohm was going to? No. What did he do? He popped out to the foul, to the foul, uh, uh, first base foul. All right. All right. Knock that shit off. Another opportunity squandered on a run that you had to plate because they were playing too tight. Now, here's the next thing. And this, this was the dagger. Schwerber, Turner, Harper, one through three in this lineup in games six and seven. Are you ready for this? One for 20. One for 20. All right. And then look at all the big contracts that they brought in here. Okay. In games six and seven. And I'm talking about Schwerber. I'm talking about Turner, Harper, 
Castellanos and JT Real Muto. In games six and seven, went a combined three for 36. Series over. I rest my case. And it was just a combination of all those things. Craig Kimbrell, the momentum, Boehm hitting fourth and Thompson not recognizing he has to change the lineup up. Left on base, runners in scoring position, and their approach at the plate. Those five factors right there is why they squandered that series and it should have never fucking happened. But as we say as Philadelphia fans, it's one of our famous sayings, there's always next year. But I'm just tired. I, I'm, I'm tired, okay? I'm tired of favored Philadelphia teams losing to inferior teams in the playoffs. It's got to be some kind of curse. It's almost like the curse of the Bambino. They sell it. <laughs> you know, the Red Sox sell Babe Ruth to the Yankees in 1918. They didn't win a series until 2004. We got some kind of curse going on. I don't know what it is. But thank you, Phillies. It was a fun ride. All right, and, and and you gave us a lot of moments. You got a lot of gave us a lot of emotional moments, and 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 all of that. I'm still disappointed in you. All right, but now I can safely say we can get rid of that fucking song. No, you haven't won dick with it yet. Let's get rid of it. All right, last Phillies talk here in 2023. On the C-Rod Podcast, what do I got for you guys today? I got to get on a different page here because I got hold on. Hold on for a second. This is a mess. What's going on here? Okay. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, yeah. All right. Now, I said this actually last week uh, towards the close when I was talking about, you know, Billie Eilish's, you know, her claim to fame and, and her favorite thing to do in life is to sit on the toilet. And I told you about my boy, Bill Burr. All right, learns how to fly a helicopter. He's he's a he's a great drummer. All right, he's a good little actor, and the best comedian in the world, in in my opinion. And this guy never ceases to amaze me. All right, he writes, directs, and stars in a movie, and you probably already heard of it, and some of you may have already even saw it. But I'm just going to tell you right now. All right, that movie was an instant classic. Old dads. Old Dads on Netflix is an instant classic. It was fucking hilarious. And I, I believe it's loosely based on Bill Burr's life. He's a, you know, he's a 50-year-old who just started having kids, and now he's got to navigate his way through the parenting world like all these millennial, even Gen Z parents, about safe spaces and all this kind of shit, and he wasn't having it. It, it, <laughs> it was fucking – it was so fucking good, man. I, I – He's just so good. He was, and then that was the cool part about it was, in all the other roles that he's ever had, he had to act like somebody. But this one, he he was just Bill Burr, and it, it was it was hilarious. And I say it all the time on this show. He and I are cut from the same cloth because I'm going to tell you something right now. After I watched that movie, okay, I said to myself, I'm like, if I ever had a kid, which I'm not going to, but if I did, th- he that is exactly how I would be. I would be exactly like him. What all those young parents and shit like? I ain't putting up with your woke bullshit. Like, fuck you. Listen to this. This say this. This kid gets pushed. Bill Burr's kid gets pushed by another kid. He gets a little boo boo like on his elbow. They're like a little, little little family get together, right? So Bill Burr goes down and he's he's parenting his kid, much like our our parents, our boomer parents, parented us. All right, check this out. Hey, buddy. 
What happened? You all right? Colin pushed me. Yeah, I know he did. I told you if you play rough, rough things are gonna happen, right? But let me see. Let me see. Oh, that's not so bad. Just rub some dirt on it, buddy. There you go. You might want to get him checked or at least put a little neosporin on it or something. That thing could get infected. Who are you? I'm uh, Hunter Lewis. I'm Lisa's husband. I just moved in across the street. Thanks for having me. Oh, yeah? Hey, you a doctor? You're just like one of those WebMD guys. This is common knowledge. You want to keep the cut clean. Oh, is it? Well, listen, I'm trying to raise a little man here, not a fucking pussy. So I appreciate your concern. But why don't you just go back to your hard seltzer? And, you know, go on Twitter and go share this story where you're the hero. <laughs> that was Bill Burr saying, checkmate. <laughs> like, just that last sentence. You know, he's like, I'm trying to, you know, I'm trying to raise a man here, not a, not a fucking pussy. So why don't you go back to your hard seltzer and go on Twitter where you're the hero. <laughs> that was like, he just ripped his whole life apart in one sentence. And I, I would do the same exact thing. I was not. And if you would have seen some of the shit that happened in this movie with these woke parents. Oh, my God. It's it's unbelievable, but it's an indictment on how it is today. And great supporting cast, too. He's got my boy Bobby Cannavale, you know, who's in a lot of different things. He was the guy I was telling you about in that show, The Watcher. He was in The Irishman. He's, he was in a lot of good movies. He's just a cool dude. And he's got a woke wife, and he's got to navigate his way through that. You know, like, basically, like, parenting and, like, the, the way that she wanted to and not the way he did. And the third guy was the, he's like the, I forget what his name is. He's he's that Walmart Dave Chappelle. You ever see that guy? He was in Life. He was in, he was in a few movies, but he's a, he's a Walmart Dave Chappelle if you look at him. If you look up the cast, you'll see exactly who I'm talking about. But, oh my God, the movie was just fantastic. You know, now this, <laughs> today's parenting, we already see what that's producing in this world it, it produces things like this i'll go from school to adulthood okay these are the types of kids that when you do this woke parenting style this is what it produces right for this here's a kid in school having a little exchange with his teacher well i'd like to see you come up here and do one of these problems the fuck i'm talking to you this guy so i come knock the motherfucking glasses off your face and that's on my dick on my head didn't I tell you? Didn't I tell you earlier today? I said, Markel. I said I do not. I said I do not talk to you that way. And I would appreciate it if you did not talk to me. Shut the fuck up talking to me. Now that's what happens when you just baby a kid. Like, and you'll see in that movie, like Bobby Cannavale, the wife was just ridiculous. It was over the top, ridiculous. You know, like, oh, just, oh, you're mad right now. Oh, let that all out. And then they can scream and, and do all this other bullshit. But then they get to school where the, where this, where the teacher's like, I'm not, I ain't, I'm not doing that. Like, <laughs> you know, I'm going to just teach, I'm going to discipline my kids the way that I, you know, the way that I see fit. And this guy was just having a conversation with him. What the kids say? I'll come smack those glasses off your motherfucking head. It's on my dead grandma head. Shut the fuck up talking to me. That this is, this is how they, handle authority and you can go two different ways you can go that way to the point where it was like you know i'm so entitled that's the way i'm going to act or you can go the victim route and this is what happens when you get out of school and you got to go get a dose of the real world when you're parented by people like this in this parenting style this is what this produces all right check this out i know i'm probably just being so dramatic and annoying 
But this is my first job, like my first nine to five job after college. And I'm in person and I'm commuting in the city and it takes me fucking forever to get there. There's no way I'm going to be able to afford living in the city right now. So that's off the table. Like fucking duh. If I was able to walk to work and it w- it'd be fine, but I'm not. So it literally takes me like I leave here. Like I get on the train at 730 and I don't get home till like 615 earliest. And then like I don't have time to do anything. I don't I want to shower eat my dinner and go to sleep i don't have time or energy to cook my dinner either like i don't have energy to work out like that's out the window like i'm so upset oh my god nothing to do with my job at all but just like the nine to five schedule in general is crazy being in the office nine to five like if it was remote you get off at five and you're home and everything's fine but like i'm not home it takes me long to get home and like like people that drive to the office like it doesn't you don't get off at five and i know it could be worse i know i could be working longer but like i literally get off it's pitch black like i don't have energy how do you have friends like how do you have time to like meet like a guy i don't know like how do you have time for like dating like i don't have time for anything and i'm like so stressed out and i'm also getting my period so that's why i'm all emotional but like am i so dramatic it's fine Uh, no, it's not fine, Brenda. And yes, you're being overdramatic, okay? Like, then this is it, okay? When you're when you're raised to be weak, she's acting like nine to five is is a prison sentence. That that is what we've been doing since the beginning of fucking time. It's really not that deep, all right, Bren. It's not. It really isn't. I don't even have time to do anything. I leave at like 7.30 and I'm not back till like 6 o'clock. Who frickity who? <laughs> I mean, dude, welcome to life. Everything is easy. You know, when when you know when your parents are taking care of and they're giving you rides everywhere and you just got to get on the bus and go to school or get dropped off at school that's right down the street from your house. Then you go to college and you live on campus. You can walk to class. You, you, you really have I – mean, how long are classes really? Like from Monday through Friday, how many hours are you spending in class? What, 20? And then you got to come out into the real world and actually commute and like you know do what do what your parents were doing to take care of you that you never seemed to realize because you were so fucking entitled the way that you brought up. Now I know this could have been a get off my lawn segment, but I wanted to attach this to the old dad's thing because it's it's right in line with that. It was almost like remember that one time I played that kid at Starbucks. He was a, he was a college kid. And he had to work like three days a week. And like on a weekend day, he had to work. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. He had to work eight whole hours. And he makes a video. He's like, there's only four of us. And there's so many customers. And they put me on the schedule for a whole day for eight hours. Meanwhile, in China. <laughs> <laughs> Beat your fucking kids. Beat your fucking kids. For the love of Christ, or you're going to produce this. Where if you don't become a successful influencer, your life is a failure. This shit is just, it's just mind-bogglingly way out of control with the way these people think. And I'm going to tell you something right now. On the Get Off My Lawn segment this week. Oh my God. Because again, you know... Just a few days ago, 
all right, the U.S. just bombed Syria, okay? All the pieces are falling in place. World War Three is here, okay? It's only a matter of weeks before it's actually official, all right? It's happening, okay, whether you like it or not. And we're, we're I mean, oh. <laughs> we're dead. We're dead. All right, and I'm gonna, and, and that's gonna have a video of a kid, okay, that went viral. You probably know what it already is, but I'm just gonna reiterate it to you and just show you that at the end of the day, when you take everything and put it into a vacuum, the way that we are parenting today is producing all this crap, pussies. I tell you. Keeping the 90-minute variety of this show just alive and kicking in minute 32. You know, the Phillies do contribute to that a lot. And I just, again, I felt like I needed to talk about it. And I, I got a lot of mad. Oh, I don't think we're going to win. What? Who am I, God? <laughs> you know, I, everybody thought, like I said, everybody thought they were going to win. What do you want me to tell you? They, they, they choked in, in typical Philadelphia fashion. It's, it's just what they did. What do you want me to tell you? So pay attention for that get-off-my-lawn segment. What an asshole is somebody who's been talked about on this show before, and that's fucked up, and a whole lot more, including this top 10 countdown that I got. Maybe it's going to be top 10. I haven't really narrowed it down yet, but I am going to do that. And that Ghostbusters song that I came in the intro with, I have a little segment put together for that. So make sure you keep it locked right here on the C-Rod Podcast back in a flash. Hey guys, Christian here. And you still haven't gotten that home improvement job done yet? For that, I got two questions for you. One, what are you waiting for? And two, what's the biggest investment that regular people like you and me are going to make in their lifetime? Of course, it's going to be their home, right? It's a 30-year commitment. You're going to spend hundreds of thousands of dollars, and you always want to protect that investment, but you also want to enhance that investment and make it look as good as you possibly can in and out, and that is where my friend Chris Jackson comes in. I've been telling you about this guy for two years. He's the leader of his industry. Nobody is better in the Philadelphia area. You can trust me when I tell you that. And essentially, he's a one-stop shop because there's nothing Chris can't do. He'll do general and custom carpentry, custom design, custom built-in cabinetry, high-end custom-built tables and chairs, elegant staircases, high-end home bars, refinishing basements. There's nothing this guy can't do, and he does it better than everybody else. And he said something to me one time that made so much sense when you speak to quality. He said, if you want to get your kitchen redone for $7,000, I'm not the guy you want to call. And that really stood out to me when it comes to quality in his field, because he knows the game. He knows if somebody's going out there looking for the cheapest price possible, you're going to get some shady contractor who's going to use poor materials, he's going to have shoddy labor, and then you're going to call him back in two years when everything falls apart and get the same thing done again. Then two years later, get the same thing done again. Two years later, get the same thing done again. When you could have just called Chris the first time and got it done right the first time. When you call Chris Jackson, he is going to use the top quality materials with precision labor, and he's going to get it done right the first time. It's going to be built to last. It's going to be built with class. I told you before, this guy was never around in the summertime on the weekends because he was outside hustling, perfecting his craft. And now 20 years later, he's at the top of his industry and he's at the top of his industry for a reason. Like I told you before, 
Go to his website, cjacksoncontractors.com. His Facebook and Instagram page are linked to that website, and you can see all the work that he posts every day. And every single day, this kid blows my mind. So what are you going to do when you need your next project done? You're going to call my buddy Chris. Action Jackson, C. Jackson Contractors, the Cadillac of contractors, cjacksoncontractors.com. Call Chris today. Tell him I sent you. Bud Light presents Real Men of Genius. Real Men of Genius. Today we salute you, Mr. Corporate Office Ass Kisser. Mr. Corporate Office Ass Kisser. Pucker up, Buttercup. It's time for you to show an office of your peers that it's not what you do, it's who you blow. Teamwork makes the dream work. We find it admirable that you're willing to get the boss's coffee every day, take care of his light work, snitch on your co-workers, knowing you'll never get a promotion. He does it for the greater good. We'd love to pitch in $10 for the birthday of a person who disrespects us on a daily basis. At least we made him happy. So crack open a Bud Light, Mr. Kisser of the Caboose. You remind us of what not to do at work every Mr. day. Mr. Corporate Office ass Kisser. Anheuser-Busch, St. Louis, Missouri. All right, welcome back to the C-Rod Podcast. This is the song I was talking about with Bryce Harper. <laughs> like, it's it's not even really like what they're saying. It's like the piano line. Like, if, if I am a, like a pitcher <laughs> and I'm up in a tight spot and this song's playing and I'm, I'm, I'm looking at Bryce Harper, I'm like, oh, Christ, here comes the wolf. <laughs> Fuck, <laughs> what am I going to do? You know? But, yeah, man, and, and really... Again, like I, I just I don't like Moby a little bit, but this song I it's I don't know it's perfect. I think it's perfect for him. And what's with Moby, by the way? How come in every song that he has, like that that was ever popular, all right, it's always like a vocal from like the the most unexpected source. It's always just like a fucking, <laughs> you know. It always sounds like someone who's seventy eight years old, or just somebody like some quote that he pulled from somewhere. Like, what's up with that? He had a song with it. The guy, the guy was talking on it, you know, just like that, whatever that was. Somebody, you know, <laughs> somebody talking about Green Sally, whatever the fuck they're talking about. But like, he had, a, he had this guy on his on one of his songs before. Check this out. I hope you ain't shit on yourself while you get in my car. Hey, don't, don't, don't do that, babe. Don't, don't, don't talk to me like that, babe. I done went and took me a bath and got myself all cleaned up and ready to fuck. Ah, that's my favorite person in the world. You guys know that. The old brother. The old G. The OG brother. Oh, don't do that shit to me, baby. I just got my asshole all cleaned up. But I was ready to fuck. <laughs> Tell me Moby wouldn't use something like that, though. You know what I'm saying? Now, I, I did want to stick with, you know, the, the Los Spookies theme like I normally do. And I was going to come in with the Monster Mash only because 
if you guys remember me playing that thing last year, that guy, you remember the guy singing the Monster Mash as Christopher Walken? That's <laughs> freaking fantastic. You know, and I, I think I said, what was it? When the, when the guy says graveyard smash, he says graveyard. It was a graveyard smash. <laughs> it was fucking great. But I wanted to play this the, the Bryce Harper song only because when I was, you know, listening and mixing and mastering, the, you know, the first segment there, there was, you know, I always I always leave shit out and I always forget. So there's two quick points I wanted to talk about real quick before I get started. The one thing I always have to do, as you guys know, when I do my analysis, is I got I to gotta rip a player on the other team. You know, whether it be Spencer Stride, it doesn't matter. All right. And I did go after Orlando Arcia for good reason, too. But Corbin Carroll, and I, I know I talked about that little fucking runt. Little runt that he, well, actually, <laughs> I said it on my Facebook page. and uh, uh, I called him a name that rhymes with that. And I said on the post, I said, say it with me because it rolls off the tongue deliciously. Corbin Carroll is a cunt. He's a little cunt. Fucking pest that he was. But again, I'll go I'll go through his, you know, his little get up. A face only a mother can love. One of the most punchable faces I've ever seen in my life. Two. The fucking hair, and I'll never understand this one either. If if somebody can explain it to me, it would be swell. All right, but what's with the paintbrush on the back of your head? Like, the hair. Like the Joe Biden look. You ever see this one? Like like Joe Biden, his hair in the back of his head is the creepiest thing I've ever seen. Well, we all know he's wearing a mask anyway, but in the back of his head, all right, it, it starts at the middle of the back of his head, and it doesn't touch his neck anymore. It's just like a paintbrush that hangs down. What is that? And Corbin, Corbin Carroll's got it like thick as shit. It's like, dude, this guy's a, ugh. And the way he carries his bat and all that kind of shit, like he's he's just a cunt. And then here's the other thing. Here's why he's a little cunt. He got a he. All right, he opens the series with a base hit. It was a little cunt shot over Bryson Stott's head, like a little excuse me swing. Right, he didn't get another hit till game six. You know, but the the, the you know the. The broadcasters, could you blow the Diamondbacks any more in that series than you possibly can? Now, I'm normally not that guy. Usually, they're always everybody's complaining. Oh, they hate Philadelphia. This was actually a situation where that was a true statement. Routine fly ball to center field. That ball's crushed. Oh, uh, it's caught by Johan Rowe. Like what the? Praising them for every fucking thing that they do, but every hit that little prick got in that series was a little cunt shot. He had three hits in game seven. They were they were all 100 hoppers. He didn't barrel one fucking ball. Uh, fuck that guy. <laughs> and the other thing was Rob Thompson and, and being stubborn again. Keeping that automatic out. Johan Rojas in there. And, and uh, listen, the guy is a fantastic defensive center fielder, okay? But when you're in the league championship series... I don't care if you feel like Willie Mays. Well, you may run like Mays, but you hit like shit. I don't care if you're Mickey Mantle. I don't really give a shit. You got to hit. And the guy was one for the playoffs. And his, he had, oh, no, he had that that, that meaningless triple when the, when the Phillies were down big. With two outs, by the way. 
But it gets to a point where it's like, okay, you're giving us defense, man. But when you're batting below 100 for the playoffs, it's 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 time to right. And in Game Seven, they get the bases loaded in in the spot where he comes up. Why did you not pinch hit? I mean, I understand like there was a right-hander in the game. You needed a left-hander off the bench and your resources were limited. You pretty much had Jake Cave and that was it. But just, I, I'll take Jake Shit, you can dust Greg Dobbs off and bring him in <laughs> out of retirement. Anybody but Johan Rojas. Anyway, I got two segments I got to get to. And I was telling you one this this one I was telling you about, and I'm I'm gonna, I'm going to do it second, but it's not a countdown list like the drunk crack white people songs. I I kind of when I get to it, I'll get to it because I came up with a list of like fifteen, and and they're in no particular order, but you'll know what I'm talking about in a second. Now, when I was coming in the open, I I came in with Ghostbusters, and I was telling you guys that I had something with that song and a few other songs, and we'll do that now. Now, <sighs> Ghostbusters is the, the Ray Parker Jr. accused another band of stealing his song. Now that's what I, that's what this segment's about. Now I'm going to give you 3. Now there's there's probably hundreds of examples, but you know, again, for the production of this show for me to go back and grab clips and put them in, it's time consuming, so I'm only going to give you 3. All right. But Ghostbusters comes out, and I don't even know what year it was. What was it 85, 86, whenever that movie came out. And then I think later that year or even the year after that I Want a New Drug by Huey Lewis and the News came out and Ray Parker Jr. flipped out. He's like, that's my song. You fucking stole it. Blah, blah, blah. All right. Now, before I play them both for you, I just want to make a point here. Okay. There are so many different musical combinations that you can do as far as like a structure of a song and like what, you know, what the melody is and all that kind of stuff. Okay. But like after so many years, some things are going to sound like other things. All right, now I'm going to play these two songs first and I'll, I'll take a little bit of a deeper dive into that. All right, but here, you know, I played it in the intro, but I'm going to play it now. I'll give you, you know, I'll give you about eight bars just so you can kind of get a feel for the song and I'll go play the other one. We'll give our commentary afterwards. All right, here you go. All right, now what I want you to pay attention to, like I said, pay attention to the spine of the song, not not the fluff. Don't listen to the brass instruments, you know, none of that. Just listen to the song, basically like the drum and the bass. All right, it, like because what I'm about to play with Huey Lewis, they have fluff in the background too. I want you to listen to the skeleton, like the bones of the song, all right? Now here is I Want a New Drug by Huey Lewis in the News. Don't we all want a new drug, Huey? Here we go. Now, while Huey Lewis can do no wrong in my eyes... (laughs) To me, he's the, he's the best worst singer in the world. I, I've told you guys that a million times about him. 
All right, I, I, I got to say he's guilty. <laughs> All right, because it's basically like with the fluff, like I said, take the actual structure of the song. It I haven't used my musical ear in a while, but what's that? E-G-T-C? It's the same thing. And, it, and actually, it's the same tempo. It's the same everything. You're guilty, Huey. <laughs> You're fucking guilty, okay? And yeah, he stood his ground. He was like, "Fuck off, guy!" I you know, it's my fucking song, and it is. And then you know, the, the melody, the hook, everything is different. But like, he kind of, kind of, kind of stole that. <laughs> all right. Now this one is a little bit more egregious. Like, I, all right, so it's, I, I disagreed with this one, and it's two people who can do no wrong in my or you know, band or whatever could do no wrong in my eyes. One's Tom Petty. And the others are Red Hot Chili Peppers. Now, that, that the jury's still out on that because I'm hearing these stories about Anthony Kiedis and kids and shit like that. I, I kind of just don't want to believe it. But either way, uh, you know, leading up to that, right, the, the Red Hot Chili Peppers nor Tom Petty could do any wrong in my eyes. Now, the song in question or songs in question here are Last Dance with Mary Jane and Danny California. All right, so let me give. I'll give you the accuser first, and then the accusee. Much like I just did there for, for those two tunes. All right, so here is "Last Dance with Mary Jane" by the great one, Tom Petty. Here we go. Now, before I even play this, I'm really pissed off because this is there's something this interface does. To, it's only with certain songs that piss me off like t- to no end. And if for some reason, it's like there's certain songs where I guess the way that they were recorded, like this interface takes entire chunks of instruments out. I, I, I'll never understand it. So it has, it has like a, it's just a guitar riff for an intro, and then the band comes in after like the fourth bar. So I'm not going to play that only because you can't even hear the, the, the guitar. It's fucking weird. So I'm just going to start it from when like the band comes in, and I want you to listen to the structure of the song. All right. And I apologize for this piece of shit thing that I work on. But check this out. She grew up in the Indiana town, had a good looking mama who never was around. You see that? Like even when the whole band came in, there was like a chunk of, of the melody was missing. Did you hear that? But I'll tell you what, it helped you hear the structure of the song a lot better. For what I'm about to play you, which is Danny California by the Red Hot Chili Peppers. And you can't refute this, but this is a little bit different. It's a little bit different than the first one that I played. But here we go. We're going to play Danny California by the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Check us out. All right, now this one's a little bit different as far as like the accusation is concerned. But I will say this though: <laughs> in the last band I was in, we played we played those songs concurrent. Like we would play Danny California, just go right into Last Dance with Mary Jane, or no, 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 we opened with the Last Dance with Mary Jane because they opened in riff, and then and then we would go right into Danny California, and then we would get like sometimes we would morph it. We would do like one. <laughs> it was funny as shit. We used to do. Like one verse and one chorus of Mary Jane's Last Dance, and then one verse and one chorus of Danny California. We'd blend it together. It was it was pretty funny, but anyway, 
the, here's the thing about that. Is it the same melody? Yes, it is. All right, it's a little bit different as far as the speed's concerned. So it's not like Huey Lewis and, and Ray Parker, where the speed and the and the actual you know melody is exactly the same. And the other thing is is Flea. Like Flea takes that song down a completely different road in the fourth bar. Because instead of going like doom 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 doom, Flea's going like doom 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 doom. Like he's putting bass fills in there and shit like that. So the song takes a different shape. But I understand. I understand Tom Petty's gripe. But at the same time, you're a legend. You know, like Ray Parker Jr. was probably trying to make a name for himself. Like this guy fucking stole my song. Huey Lewis is established as a terrible good singer. I'm still making my way in the world. Tom Petty, you were already a legend. You don't, you didn't even need to do that. What, what are you doing? He probably got really high one day. He was like, I, I don't like this shit. <laughs> now, this last one, I wouldn't I, I wouldn't be able to pick this one out of a lineup, except for the, you know. But the accuser didn't even accuse him. The, the accuser's dead. This guy here is dead. Cross him off then. And even I don't even know who did it. Somebody picked it out and said they're ripping it off. All right, but it's this Ed Sheeran, you know this guy. Let's see, is he the redhead, or is that Harry? I don't even know. I don't. I, I don't do pop culture. All right, I think this Ed Sheeran. I think he's he's a ginge, and he's got a song apparently that rivals "Let's Get It On" by Marvin Gaye. All right, so I'll, I'll I will play the dead accuser first, who didn't accuse anybody of anything. And this is Let's Get It On by Marvin Gaye. All right, that's one of the most famous songs ever. You know? How many, how many people are throwing down when that song's playing? <laughs> All right, now, now, I should have been more prepared because I had to look this up. I didn't even know what the song was. I had to go Google, like, what song was, I think it was Ed Sheeran. I, I tried the Harry. What's that Harry guy's name? Anyway. So I said, what song did Ed Sheeran steal from Marvin Gaye? And it was it's called Thinking Out Loud. Never heard this song in my life. But then I listened to it and I went, eh, eh. <laughs> you know, but apparently he was exonerated for this. All right, but again, listen to the skeleton of the song. All right, here we go. Darling, I will be loving you till seventy. Baby, my heart could still fall as hard a twin. Um, uh, no, 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 straight to jail. <laughs> All right, straight to jail. That is grand theft if I've ever seen it in my life. Of all the three songs that I just played, this was clear. Oh, my God. <laughs> Like, here's the thing. Like, when I was listening to it, I listened to, like, the first four bars and the drums hadn't gone in yet and was like, yeah, it's the same melody and blah, 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 blah. Oh, my God. That That is, that's just pure thievery is what that is. You know, like, Huey Lewis at least tried to hide it with fluff. You know, Danny California, like I said, was taken down a different road by Flea and it had a different tempo. 
Come on. What the fuck you doing there, Ed? God, it's a grand ripoff. And of course, he's exonerated. This generation, they can do no wrong. And if they did, he would need a safe space and a fucking spirit animal. That was a straight ripoff. I'm sorry. Now, like I said, I, I could have gone on for a month, you know, with, with examples like this, but I just wanted to do three because, like I said, just that segment alone took me about 45 minutes. And I still got to mix everything down. But you, that's not an MP. It's a YP. A YP. It's an MP. It's an MP. It's an MP. Yep. Not a YP. It's an MP. But either way, I'll give you an example. All right. Led Zeppelin. Led Zeppelin straight up stole their first four albums. <laughs> they, they were, it just took them. It was from like 1930s blues. And they took the four albums. <laughs> four albums. This is like one song. We're talking about four albums for Led Zeppelin. Elvis. Elvis stole all of his shit from black people. <laughs> okay, it's it's documented. You know, and I get it. I do. I understand music is a, is a, it's a it's a finite thing. I get it, but there's a lot of you know, structures and things that just, you know, go the same and there's a lot of the same, but I mean, you you can't it's one thing to model a song after something. It's one to just straight up steal it. <laughs> right? And, and and Ed Sheeran, I'm sorry, pal. I you're you're a fucking thief. <laughs> All right, now now I'm going to get into this list. And before I do, it turned out that I came up with a list of 16 here. Before I tell you what that is, I actually pinched one off of the list. Didn't mean to say it like that. It didn't come out right. I pinched one. Well, anyway, so it, it turns out there I found these two things that you do. Now, I've there's probably a lot more, but I saw it the other day, and I, I started scratching my head. I was actually laughing. It was on my street. Now, I tell you about this guy that, that lives next door to me. By the way, took him 45 minutes. to Not just to park. Oh, my God, it's so bad. He comes home at midnight every night, and he, he got here at midnight. It was like 1245 by the time he got his fucking decrepit ass in the door. But he drove around the block 50 times. He does like four miles an hour. It's just crazy. But And I won't even cite him as an example, but I was just watching it off the, off the balcony the other night. There was another you know car full of people that came in and they went to go parallel park and the one guy (laughs) the one guy was like coming out of the apartment as they were pulling up and this this person tried to parallel park 52 fucking times and just couldn't do it (laughs) all right and and here's the thing all right i actually felt for the guy because there's certain things that you can do perfectly you can do it to perfection every single time without a flaw until you have an audience (laughs) <laughs> and, and and parallel parking is at the summit like that that is at the top of the list it's at the apex all right because i've done it a million times now you're talking to a guy that drove a 26 fucking foot fifty thousand pound tanker truck and i i could i could whip that thing around like it's a goddamn you know a fiat <laughs> all right but you got me into a car and i'm i have to parallel park in front of somebody it's like i never drove before i, I don't understand what what it is with that and the other one and I never even realized this until, you know, obviously until I got an office job, but typing. You ever notice that? Like, if my manager comes over and, like, he's trying to show me where to do something or, like, you know, like, if he, if I need him to help me with something or whatever the case may be, 
it's like I forgot how to fucking type. Now, now listen, I'm not an ASDFJKL semicolon typer. I, I don't do that, but I'm not a hunt and peck with the index finger either. It's a weird little system I got going on. All right, so it's it, you know it's it's open the flaws and and sausage fingers and the whole nine yards, and I do it all the time. But what I'm trying to say is like I do that, I go to fucking type in front of somebody, it's like I'm a retard. And I don't I don't understand it. All right, but there's that. So here, all right, here we go. Get this list together. Now this is in no particular order. This is things that are just kind of built into the human DNA that we just do naturally or don't do, I should say. You know, I'll give you an example, like things that are built in the DNA, like Deacon. He, he, he's sleeping over there. But <laughs> he, his head popped up. I said, <laughs> fucking love that cat. Anyway, like Deacon, like, you know, the poor guy, like he couldn't, he couldn't survive in the wild for five minutes. Like I said, he couldn't hurt a fly. You know, like it's not, it's not what he, who he is. He's not a tough guy. Yeah, he's, he's a love. It's like make love, not war. You know, like he's a lover, not a fighter, that Deacon. All right, but he's got hunting in his DNA as a cat. All right, now it'll be dawn or dusk, you know, like it's starting to get light, you know, like when the time when the cats hunt and shit like that. He's out there hunting nothing. He's getting all hot and bothered, you know. It's like you, know, you see him get down there in the pounce position. He starts like kicking up his back legs, and then boom, and he fucking jumps and takes off and chases nothing. It's just, <laughs> it's just because hunting is in his DNA. All right. But it's it's just things that human beings do. There's no particular good reason for it. It's not anything that's ever discussed. A lot of these on the list are things that people do that they don't care to admit. But everybody does it. And I, I'll start off with it. Like I said, this is there's no particular order for this, but there's 15 of them. Okay, so buckle in. All right, number one. Now, now guys may be much more guilty, you know, than women are in this particular situation. Okay, but I'm not going to say that's you know it's completely out the door that women don't do it. All right, peeing in the shower. <laughs> Guys, don't tell me you don't fucking pee in the shower. And if you do, you're fucking lying, okay? It's like, and there's, it's no harm, no foul, right? It ain't like you're peeing on your foot. You're, you're peeing down the fucking drain, and you're in there to clean yourself. So, yeah, go ahead. Then knock yourself out. You know, peeing on yourself is good in a lot of situations, or so I've read. All right, but yeah, everybody's guilty of peeing in the shower okay that's a fact now <clears throat> next one this is something that i've noticed in the office really more of that i'm not guilty of but i just had to say it because this is this is a fact too now some people do this but the majority do not all right now when it comes to like you know listening to things you know personally i'm not i'm not an earbud guy i, I just don't like earbuds it's just weird to me I'm more of a headphone guy. You know, I'm, I'm old school. I'm like the Walkman days. All right. And then another thing, you look stupid. <laughs> All right. I, when did we get into this arena where you got to have these stupid ear pods or air pods or whatever the hell they're called in your head 24-7? It's insane. Like the, everybody's got little white little earrings coming out of their ears. And they're on them all the time. Like, have you ever thought about this? <laughs> like, logically? What if you're going through like a parking lot at nighttime and someone's trying to rob you? You, you know how easy that could be for, for them to just sneak up behind you like you don't even know they're coming? Idiots. 
I, I see it all the time. I like I'll go into the office. It's like I go walk up to somebody's desk to talk to them. It's like oh man, you wait till you hear this shit. And then, whoa, whoa, hold on, a second. let me take my what, what, what are you thought? How how can you have that shit in your head so long? All right, but here's 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 the next thing on the list: never cleaning the fucking things. Did you ever see, ever see that shit? Did you ever see that shit, man? Like, oh my god, man. And, and that was the big mistake that Apple made. Why'd you make the fucking things white? Knowing that that's a habit that people really don't get into. Now, every now and again, you'll see that person with the baby wipe actually getting in there and detailing the fucking thing. But those are few and far between. That's, you know, nine out of ten people ain't, ain't cleaning those fucking disgusting things. And it turned yellow and orange, whatever color goddamn waxes. And here's the thing. They only, like, they only clean them if they're not usable anymore. For the fact that there's so much earwax caked into the freaking speaker so you can't hear shit. At that point, this shit's so caked up, motherfuckers gotta get surgical. You gotta you gotta go in there with a scalpel <laughs> a pick. You gotta get all the you clean out the holes. I saw one guy the other day on one of them things you clean a keyboard with. A He's out with his earbuds. What the fuck? Fucking weirdos clean the things like after every three or four uses. You you want to worry about baking a cake in your goddamn AirPod? The fuck, man! <laughs> All right, next one. And I'm I am stone cold guilty of this when I'm high walking uh, more so than anything else. But either way, playing your playlist on shuffle. Why do we do this? Everybody does it. Don't say you don't. Go to the gym. You got a playlist. You know, you're just cleaning the house. You got a playlist. There's a playlist. There's a playlist for everything. Why? Like, I, like my '80s thing. Like my '80s playlist. Now, I, here's what I got for my walking because I can't. I can't do the same playlist every single night. You know, so I got like a. You know, I got like a skater playlist. I got like a metal playlist. I got a hip hop playlist. I got right. But they're all like two hours long each, you know? So if regardless of whether I hit shuffle or if I play it from the first song on, it's not like I remember the goddamn order of it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, just play it on play. Not like I remember that, right? But yeah, everybody everybody going on shuffle. I just, I just don't understand it. All right, next one. <clears throat> now, everybody, everybody is guilty of this. All right, everybody is. And I'm not anymore only because I don't use this particular item, and it's the microwave. All right? Like I said, I think I've used it, my microwave. It sits on top of my fridge, and it doesn't do anything. I just don't use it. Right? But when I was more of a microwave guy, before I all found out that it was freaking poison that, <laughs> that you're putting in your body when you get, like, microwave food. Not that I, you know, again, I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm no miracle of modern health myself, but I mean, like, I'm not, I'm not doing myself any fucking favors in, in different arenas to the fact that I can add microwave food into my repertoire. <laughs> All right. I'm just not doing it. All right. But everybody is guilty of the following. Taking something out of the packaging. All right. And putting it in the microwave and throwing the packaging away. And you got to pull it out of the trash and go read the goddamn directions. I've I even I've I've even read the directions and then went the third thing out and then went in. I'm like, wait, the, wait, what the fuck did it say? <laughs> I go back in and I'm in there picking it out of trash. Hey, that was a quick one, and I, I I hope the rest of them are quick. I haven't really 
prepared my commentary for any of these, but we're already getting into minute 30 again for my second segment. This is going to, this is going to be an hour and fucking, this might be two hours today. Christ. How about this one? Now this is, this happens less these days because people, you know, tend to not talk on their phones anymore and everything, everything to text. And if you do talk, it's FaceTime. Hey, fucking FaceTime. Fuck. <laughs> I'll never understand that. Well, I, I get the FaceTime thing I do for a long time, but every single phone call, you got you, you have somebody's face in your face. It's titled 101 Ways to Goof Off at the Office and Still Collect Overtime. Jackson! <laughs> what are you doing? Goof it off, sir! <laughs> Report to my office. Hey, yes, sir. You know? So anyway... This okay. So when you're in public and you're on and you're on the phone, and either the person hangs up on you or the call drops, why do you still have to act like you're finishing the conversation? You know, like the call drop or somebody will hang up. And like, oh, okay, all right, yeah, yeah. I'll talk to you later. Okay, all right, okay, all right, yeah, all right, bye, bye. <laughs> and they do it. Nobody's on the other end. Who gives a shit? You <laughs> get call drop. Yeah, it was fucked up. But they got it. They got it. You know. And, and this is another one on the list. But I'll kind of blend them together. When you're, and I've said this before a million times, when you're walking down the street and you and you trip or stumble and you turn it into a jog, like that move is so known these days, you're not fooling anybody. All right, everybody sees you tripping. You're like, who who does that? <laughs> I'm walking down the street. Okay, I just meant to start jogging. No, you didn't. <laughs> no, you didn't. This is the, you know, sometimes here's the thing. I've had those. Everybody's had those moments where you trip and fall, or you just fall, or you fucking do something. I, I here's what I do now: like you turn it into a jog, whatever. Sell the fall, sell it. You know, make it look good. Hey, <laughs> you know, like I fucked up. You know what I mean? But like, sell the fall to the point where it's like you can. You have like the the German judge gives it a nine. You know, do one of those. All right, so I just killed two birds with one stone, and I kind of had to because I got a guy got a haul ass here. I got to get moving. Now, this is something that everybody is guilty about, and I am stone-cold guilty of this, but this is just me getting old and forgetting shit, all right? When you when you pick up your phone to check a specific thing, and you, and you do anything but what you actually got on the phone to do, and then by the time you put your phone down, you have not done what you originally picked your phone up to do to begin with. I'll be sitting there like, yeah, what's the weather tonight? Like, it's going to be a balcony night. Like, what are we doing? Okay, I'll open up the phone. I, by the time I put my thumbprint in there, I've been, you know, do the whole nine yards, and I'll see a different app. I'm like, oh, yeah, we're going there. And the next thing you know, I'm on Instagram watching reels. You know, I scroll through Facebook. You know, I, okay, I'm done. And I, I, just, I put the phone down. And then, and then 20 minutes later, I'm like, I wonder what the weather's going to be like tonight. <laughs> what the fuck? I don't understand. Everybody's guilty of it, but I, I'm even worse. Like I said, like walking into the kitchen and having no fucking clue what I'm doing there. I'll tell you what, man, when I get to be, you know, in, in the Biden demographic, holy shit, I'm going to be a mess. I hope I die before then. I hope I gracefully bow out because I, you know, all this, all the, all the brain damage I've incurred on myself. Do you think I'm going to be when I'm 78 years old, I'm going to be worse than him. Jesus Christ. Here's the other thing. And I did this the other day that everybody's guilty of too. Pretending to be on the phone in public because you don't want to be talked to or harassed by anybody. Much like the squeegee kid at that fucking Wawa that I almost slapped in the fucking head with a bag of ice. Go dirty up my already clean windshield with your fucking dicked up Dollar Tree squeegee. And no real liquid to do. What are you going to do? Spit? 
What are you going to do? What's your liquid? What's your cleaner? Or, or do I got to turn on the, 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 the fucking windshield washer to give you a little washer fluid so you can go and do the, 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 a job that my windshield wipers are way more capable of doing? Let me do that. Act like we're on the phone just to avoid shit. You know what I'm saying? Here's another one that, you know, well, I just say, I don't even know if more guilt, uh, older people are guilty of this because I've been doing this since I was fucking, I don't know, in my 20s. And it's like in when you're in the car turning down the music when you need to do shit. Like if I need to look for a street sign or if I need to look and see something, I, why do I got to turn down the radio and do that? I, I do. <laughs> you know, I, I, I told you about those moments like Chipotle and jalapenos and shit last week. Like when you're driving down the street and you got like 15 minutes before you get to your house, before you actually like blow up your entire car. That, that is a level of concentration that I just don't, I, it's, it's unrivaled by anything else that you have to do in life. If you, you know, like if the Chipotle is coming, if the Chipotle is knocking on the door and you got 10 minutes before you get to the house, that's a whole different level of concentration. You got to, you got to roll up the windows. You got to turn down the fucking music. It, it, it is all right. But it's really like, you got to turn down the music to concentrate on something. I, I never, what's the music got to do with anything? You know what I'm saying? Like, why do I got to, like, my, all right, my contractions are eight minutes apart right now. Why do I care what the level of music is at, at that point? You know, I really don't. Here is one that, well, here's one that everybody does too. All right. Now this is when you're in the level of company. All right. Or, or even if you're in the living room with your family, or it doesn't matter if there's multiple people in a room and you guys are like watching TV or whatever the case may be and, and you can't find the remote. Why is everybody accused of sitting on the remote at that time? Like, you know, like the, like the owner has, get up, get up. You're, you're sitting on the fucking remote. And I ain't fucking sitting on the remote. I would feel this lump in my ass if I did. Everybody's got to get up. You're sitting on it. I know, Randy, I know you're sitting on the fucking thing. We just get up and, and, and nobody's sitting on it. It's like, where the fuck did this thing go? But everybody accuses others of doing it. All right, let's, let's not lie. Okay. Now this is something that I, you know, that I've always been guilty of, but I gotta tell you, in in the last couple of years, I'm just like, fuck that. Who, what am I trying to prove? The people who will carry three hundred and thirty eight dollars worth of groceries in in one trip. Work smarter, not harder. What are you trying to prove, here, guy? Like, why am I going to give myself a hernia or 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 I don't know, a, a torn labrum? Well, who, what am I trying to prove to anybody? Oh, okay, good. I got 24 bags in my left hand. I got 28 bags in my right hand, and it's weighing me the fuck down. I got to climb up the steps. No, I ain't doing that. No, I don't do it no more. I was an idiot, okay, back in the day when I used to do, like, you know, when I was, you know, I had to lift shit at work, whatever the case may be. I didn't give a fuck, man. I didn't lift, lift with your knees. These, these guys are like 40 and 50. Yo, you better not fucking do that, man. You only get one back. I, you know, at that age, I thought I was invincible. Yeah, fuck off, guy. What do you know? I don't know. What does he know? He's only fucking lived 25 years more than me. I, I don't know. And now I'm paying for it. The same exact thing. Like, why? I'm 45 years old. Why do I got to? Who am I proving to anything? I, let's, let's make three trips. It's okay. <laughs> it's not the, not the end of the world. They're not going to pull your masculine card because of it. All right? I've done enough of that in my life. And I'm not going to do it anymore. You want to know why? I'll tell you. I'm 45 years old and I'm fucking falling apart. I'm falling apart quick to the way that I treated my body over the last 20 years. All right. Uh, yeah. Well, what are you going to do? Now, this is not one that I'm particularly guilty of, but a lot of people are. And I will say, <laughs> including my sister, she, she has the, 
she has the title. She holds the title when it when it comes to this. She's the champ. All right, and it's like pre-rehearsing arguments in your head before you actually have the argument with somebody. The, the phone calls I used to field from her, man. Oh my god! I'm like, is that where your brain goes in an argument? Which, which it was, it was okay because I was able to do recon work in case her and I ever get into an argument. I, I know how your brain works. <laughs> the, the, the kicker to that is you got to catch that person on the spot. You got to catch them off guard where they didn't have a chance to prepare for said argument. You just got to just blitz them, like, like, and they didn't even see it coming. Because if there's an argument coming and they got time to prepare, holy shit, let me just tell you how their brains work. All right? Because she would do this. She'd be like, all right, well, you, this is what the argument's about. And, like, I was going to say this, okay? But then, like, what if he says this as an answer? And uh, th- So if he says this, I'm going to say this. But if he says that, I'm going to say this. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> like, you, you can't just let it come out naturally. This has to be all rehearsed. Does anybody else do that? I think they do. And nine times out of ten, that person loses the argument because, like, if you go off script, that's a fucking wrap. That, that shit's over. It's just crazy. Eagles are getting beat up, man. This Washington team, this Ron Rivera's got the, the, the most overrated coach in the NFL figured out, that Nick Sirianni. It's 14-3 to three right now, and, they, and the, the Eagles are 6-1. and one, And they lost to the Redskins. That was the team they lost to. It's like they're going to lose to them again. They stink. Craziness. Division games. They're just nuts. But we're winding down the list here. And this one is a lie. This is a lie that some people use, and I've done it before. And it's like, if you really sit there and think about it, it's the worst lie in the world. All right? I would rather you just say, like, I forgot to hit send. It's when you it's when you flat out ignore somebody. And it's like, yeah, I texted you about this thing. Like, you know, like I asked if you wanted to RSVP to this thing like three days ago. You didn't, you didn't respond. Like, I need, uh, like, can you just say acknowledge? What's the lie? I, I, I sent the reply. It must not have went through. Not have went through. <laughs> like, aren't we in 10G now or 15G or whatever the fuck a G is? A G, I think, is complete bullshit to begin with. But, like, aren't we at that point <laughs> where if the message didn't go through, you'd get a notification? I do. Mine says, you know, <laughs> mine says, like, yeah, you're beat. Like, it comes back. It said, you know, couldn't. It failed to send the message. It's not like, oh, no, it just didn't go through. It didn't, didn't go throughsies. I'd be like, all right, well, show me where you sent that, you lying sack of shit. <laughs> now, this one is more for the office people, but it could be for anybody. It could be for anybody because of what you post on social media. It could be anything. But what's with the, like, I do this. I'm guilty. I don't know why I do this. All right, but if I'm sending an email, like, at work, Now, this isn't every email because I'm the kind of guy, like I told you before, I keep my email open on my other screen at all times. If an email comes in, I'll stop what I'm doing and give them a quick, you know, like just to let them know I got it. But when it comes to things I got to fully write out, I'll proofread it 52 times before I send it out. And then I send it out. Then what do I do? I I go read it again. Like, so now I'm the guy that got the email. How how am I going to react? I put myself in that guy's shoes. Or if you post something on Facebook and and some and you get a reaction and, and you you go look you got to read the whole post again, <laughs> like just to see how the shit sounds. I don't know. I mean, maybe maybe nobody else is, but I'm I'm completely guilty of it. As Corbin Carroll, the cunt, is on my screen right now. You little cocksucker. <sighs> and the final thing on the list. Now that we're 42 minutes deep. 
shit, we're in for a long one today, and I can tell you. But the last one, and, and I'm guilty of this as much as anybody else is, but like having a shit ton of clothes and only wearing a fraction of them. Now, I understand. I, I get it where, you know, we take it to the clothes drop and all that kind of shit. But like, really, when do you get around to doing that? You have all these clothes that you never fucking wear. And they, they just sit there and collect dust and moths and whatever the fuck. It's crazy, but that was the list of, you know, things that we all do that I think are built into our DNA and we're all guilty of it, yet we just never really stop to think and realize this is how we behave, all right? All right, let's start with what an asshole for this week. What an asshole! This particular asshole this week has been talked about on this show before, and it was, you know, because of something that happened, and that was a slap heard around the world. So this week's asshole is Jada Pinkett. Who does this bitch think she is? <laughs> like, I said this before. I don't know what her bit is. I don't. I don't know. Is she an actress or is she a music person? I don't know what she does. Uh, apparently, she does something because she's she's fucking all these dudes. <laughs> all right. But my question is, who who's fucking her? Like, like who's blind? I don't get it. I, I don't see the attraction at all. She has not one redeeming quality. If you haven't seen the marriage, I mean, Jesus Christ. I mean, they played married for seven years. The public said we did it. You seen this? Now she's coming out, you know, crying about Tupac. 20, he's been dead for 20 years. And she's out here looking at you. She looks at one picture in an interview and, and, and the waterworks start for 35 minutes. And they didn't have a physical relationship because she's not attractive. She looks like she's 85. What has she got down there? Like every every single time somebody like <laughs> every time she takes her pants off, like it's like it's it's the first time like you're packing peanuts, you just blow on it, and they all fucking fly all over the place. What's going on? What's the attraction to Jada Pinkett Smith? And you know she's gonna if if you get close to her, she's she's gonna have your balls in her purse permanently she made will smith go i mean she, first of all <laughs> all right this bitch is married to will smith and she fucks a bunch of dudes like she cheated on him every goddamn weekend okay and then she made him go on national tv with her to tell him about it and he had to live the whole entire moment. Like, oh, oh so, so you fucked him? Oh, yeah, and here's what happened. And they, you're getting a play-by-play? Are you kidding? Like, what kind of asshole evil person does that? She completely destroyed that dude. And I said that, you know, when the, when the whole thing happened before. And in that interview, she's talking about entanglements. Like, I'm fucking all these dudes and calling it an entanglement. How about you look at the veins that are coming out of your forehead? You want to talk about fucking entanglements? Jesus Christ. What is, again, what, what is the obsession with Jada Pinkett? I don't, I don't get it. She's an evil bitch. Her head looks like a tennis ball. She's got veins popping out like Randy Macho Man Savage. She's got a resting cunt face, and she does evil things. Where do I sign up? Jada Pinkett. What an asshole! What an asshole. 
It's time for the Get Off My Lawn segment for the week, so here it is. Now, you know, I, I've said this in the in the last couple of weeks, and I said this about a year ago, almost to the day, that World War III is here. It's here. It's just not official yet, but it's here, okay? All the little pieces are happening the same way World War I and World War II started. This is all happening now. All right, everybody's getting in position, all right? As soon, the day that China says we're going into Taiwan, that is when the barrier is going to break, and we're in full-blown World War III. This is not a conspiracy theory anymore. This is a fact, okay? And I said that about 12 to 15 months ago. I'm like, they're looking at this Joe Biden. They're like, if you want to make a move, make it now. And everybody's doing it. Everybody's doing it, okay? But the difference is, is like I said, <laughs> you know, we're going to have soldiers using pronouns. We're gonna, we have no weaponry left. We already gave that all to Ukraine. We gave it all to Afghanistan to the tune of $83 billion. And we have no reserve oil. We are fucked. Right? We are so fucked. I mean, I'm laughing about it, but it's like it's funny, not funny. You know what I'm saying? And now the last time that there was a draft, you know, for a war in America was Vietnam. And before that, it was World War One and World War Two. You know, obvious, obviously, for obvious reasons. You need as many resources as you can. You have a draft. All right. Now, here's the thing. <laughs> okay. When it was Vietnam. There were people who were 15 and 16 years old going like, man, I wish I was 18. I'd get the fuck over there. You know what I'm saying? Take out some take out some people. You know what I'm saying? Like, they wanted to get in. They wanted to get into shit. World War One, World War Two, same thing. There were guys who left. I mean, who, who was it? Who was it? It wasn't Ted Williams. Was it Ted Williams? I think it was Ted Williams. It, there was, it was a, a, one of the greatest baseball players ever to live, but I think it was Ted Williams. He said, all right, fuck baseball. I'm going to fight for my country. That's when men were men, but men are not men anymore. And and this was done by design. The whole thing was done by design. Take away masculinity and then and then get them. And that's exactly what's happening right now. Now there's this fucking kid, and I'm sure you saw this video and it's already gone viral, you know, fixed six times over. And it basically just tells you this is today's man. This is today's man, okay? And and he's talking about the draft. Because if there's a World War III, I, I, you can rest assured there's going to be a draft. You don't have you can be a draft dodger, sure, but you can go to prison for it too. But these these people, this generation today, that's at the draft age, eighteen to twenty five. What's the, what what is the age group I always rip on on in this segment? Eighteen to twenty five, every single time, and that is the prime draft age, and they are acting like it is optional. <laughs> okay. Check this motherfucker out. Listen, he, he, he's conveniently, again, my misophonia went nuts with this. It, this, was, this. This pissed me off into another stratosphere because not only is he eating apples and peanut butter while he's talking about dodging the fucking draft, this little fucking pussy. Check this out. Now, <laughs> why is everybody saying Gen Z is going to get drafted? Like, <laughs> no, the fuck we're not. And you know why I know that? Because we're just going to say no. Like, how are they going to actually force us to get up and go to work? I understand it was like that in like the 1940s. What else is there to do in 1940 besides shoot people? We have things to do nowadays. We have twerk, be bisexual, eat hot chip, lie. And we're also like really mentally ill. I have like six of these. What makes you think I'm qualified to have a gun? Like within 600 feet of anybody, including myself. 
And finally, like guns are like so tacky. Like, can you imagine just like pulling up with a gun? Like that is so fucking embarrassing. Like what is this, the revolutionary fucking word? No, like, let's just chat. Let's just talk. There's no, there's no need for all the like, like, no. <laughs> Now, who in the actual Mary Poppins, Tinkerbell, Rudy Pooh fuck is this? The arrogance that, that comes off of these people. And you know what? I, I want to use a bad word that's not accepted in society anymore, so I'll let Chris Rock say it for me since he can get away with it. And and their method of thought, like their train of thought, and the way that their brains work, they're they're stuid people. Oh, well, you just can't make us go to war. Um, you know, like we're just gonna say no. Um, yeah, try that. I had good luck with that one. All right, good luck with that one because you're gonna go to jail. You piece of shit. And I, I, oh, guns are so tacky. Oh, uh, uh, yeah, I was going to go over there and chat. Okay, good luck. All right, when you're walking across the Ho Chi Minh Trail and you and you come across, you know, and you come across a a, a, a troop of fifteen guys with guns in your face. Yeah, good luck with your words there. Your pronouns ain't going to get you out of that one, guy. So you better learn how to man up, which you should have been doing your whole goddamn life. Uh, what did they have to do in the 1940s except kill people? Uh, I, I don't know. Build the world that you're fucking enjoying now? You ungrateful piece of fucking shit. And you're saying you're mentally ill. Yeah, because you're on 15 different medications like you just admitted in that fucking thing. And then you come out with all this babble, you psychotic piece of wacko. I hope he's the first one drafted. I hope they put him in the front line. I hope he's the first row of people. Yeah, we'll see how your pronouns and your fucking words work. When you got killing machines on the other side trying to kill you. you, you yeah. What are you going to do with your tacky gun then? It doesn't go with your outfit? Mulvaney? God, I hope they draft him. I hope they... Well, actually, I don't hope they draft any of them because then we'll, you know, we'll be speaking Mandarin. Because guns are so tacky. These people, I would say they got balls, but they don't. They they have no balls. You know, like they just think, it's, oh, oh, we have better things to do, like twerk or eat a chip or be gay. Or did you hear him? This is today's man. This is eighteen to twenty-five. This is today's man acting like this. It's a flat-out embarrassment. It's a flat-out embarrassment. In fact, I'd rather round all those types of people up first and put them in the front line, much like they, much like in South Park when they put the black, the South Park movie, they put all the black people in the front line. Put those people on the front line. Because guess what? You're not going to have a choice. You're, you, here are your two choices where you think you actually have the option if you get drafted. You do not. What is this, like that Revolutionary War? No, it's World War Three. you fucking jackass. Suit up, because you're going. Fucking fairy. So here are your two options. All right, marry 
here are your two fucking options. You can either get drafted and go, and and then you can train and you can go over there and you can, you know it's your choice. If your gun's too tacky, okay, then you know then take a lead salad in your fucking chest from somebody who's pumping ninety rounds in you. That's your choice. Or you can fight for your country that you're living in right now, enjoying that peanut butter and apple because people died so you can do that. Or you can dodge the draft and you can go to jail where you might actually enjoy that more because you're going to get fucked in the ass every day. The fuck is this world coming to, man? Men are women and women are women. Fucking crazy shit. But when I see shit like that, it really it really bothers me to my core. It, it really does. That there's a whole generation like this. This is it, it's an embarrassment. It's a fucking embarrassment. And again, I say it a million times. It started with phones and social media and the internet and all that kind of shit. We didn't have this. We didn't have any of this. A matter of fact, before we actually got into phones and social media, the gays actually used to fight to get in the military. But these were the gays that aren't the soup. These are the real gay people. There's going to be gays in the military. It was not the soup. Because the soup, no, guns are tacky. Oh, yeah, everything just get, gets given to you for free. Nobody's got to fight for nothing. Nobody has to do anything. Everything was just automatically here and ready to be given to you. Now, before I throw up, let me just get to that's fucked up. On today's episode of How Fucked Up is Fucked Up, that's fucked up. Which, actually, I'm going to throw up again. <laughs> I can never seem to escape things that make me mad. I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you three examples, okay? Because it's getting pretty late here, and, you know, we're, we're going into uncharted, well, not uncharted waters here, but we're going to be get well over an hour and a half here, I think. I think. I'm not sure. And before I do get into that, all right, I uh, hope you guys enjoyed the new Bud Light commercial. And I, I, I figured I would place it after the first break here today just to kind of, you know, throw you off. Because, like, you know, after you hear the commercial, you're waiting for my intro music to come in. And then that came on. It's like, ooh, what's, what's this? You know, so that will be added into the fold now. And one thing I, gotta, I, I do have to say real quick. <laughs> While I was mixing and mastering down the last segment there, <sighs> The girl, you remember the girl Meatball, the one that when I was telling you about, the one that looted and, and filmed herself doing it and live streamed it like a dipshit, and she got herself arrested because of it. This this is one of the most disgusting human beings on the planet. This isn't that's fucked up. This is a sidebar. But she, I mean, she started dancing. Like, she does these dances. She's just heinous. If She's a heinous person. She's a chicken head with, like, 300 pounds. Like, she, she looks like a meatball. That's why she's called Meatball. And she was dancing and twerking on uh, live streaming with a, a picture. She had a shirt with her mugshot on it, and she's selling those for $35 a piece. So now it's like crime pays. All right, you could go commit six felonies, and you get let out by the end of the weekend, and then you can start selling your mugshot on a T-shirt for $35 fucking dollars. But this girl that lives in the, in the house of the barbarians down the street, it, she's the, the ringleader of them all. She's the one that, that, that has the boyfriend that beats her. Well, apparently, I, I don't know. I don't know if she was cheating on him or trying to cheat on him or they just flat out broke up. Because while I was mixing down this last fucking segment here, I go look out the door because there's loud talk going on, as there always is. And I got to see what the fuck's going on, right? So there's a kid. He was a kid coming from the basketball court. And you can hear him, like, bouncing the ball. And you can hear her talking, him talking. I'm like, what the fuck's going on here? So she was putting like her 11 babies in the car. And as I guess, as that was happening, 
he he walked by and she said something to him like she cat called him right now this girl she looks like meatball like she does not they're twins actually you know and i guess she tried to holler at him and the kid was like he wasn't having it like he just said like because i heard it she said something to him and then like he walked past her and he must have got about 20 feet away from her and she said something else louder and he turned around he's like you play too much like you play too much so you're basically saying like you, you, we're not i'm not interested right and he kept on walking away and then she kept on like screaming down the street and like wouldn't stop and like it kept, i'm like this is getting fucking disgusting like what do you think this kid's walking by like coming home from playing basketball and he sees you putting 11 kids in the fucking car you know with with, with a head wrap on and, and sweatpants digging up your ass what do you think he's gonna do oh baby i gotta get me some of that and then, and then finally, like she kept on yelling, kept on yelling. And then he finally said, she's like, you keep on walking away. I can't hear what you're saying. Like, come up here and talk to me. And she was giving like every single signal that like, <laughs> you know, it's like when you sit back and watch the movie, when you watch somebody who wants somebody and then you see how they get when they're in front of them, all the signals are there. And they were coming off of her like a goddamn, it was Stevie Wonder could have seen these signs. She's got her hands in her back pocket, and she's all like, you know, like twisting back and forth, and like her foot's going in the air. She's tilting her head. It was like she had hearts in her eyes. So he finally comes back after she says to talk to her, and he, I guess, he got real. Like he was trying to be nice. He, you know, you, you remember I told you about people who talk while they're walking away. He was doing that. All right. So, so finally, so finally. All right, it, it, he finally, like, you know, she's like, you, we keep on walking away, I can't hear you. So he finally walks all the way back to her. Now they're face-to-face, and, and the whole tone changed. And he basically said, like, look, I was trying to be nice, but you're fucking skanky. I, I don't want anything to do with you. <laughs> it was great, too, because she, she's the most annoying one in that house. You know, and she's got the most annoying voice, the biggest mouth. She's the loudest fucking one, and I'm like, oh, thank God. <laughs> but back to the, that's fucked up thing okay i'm going to give you three examples here and this is again how people are mentally ill as a matter of fact let me see no i'll give you three it's going to create more work for me but i, I just got to make a point here these people go out and commit crimes all right now like i said this run in stores and grab shit and and, and i know i talk about it all the time okay but this is now officially an epidemic it's an epidemic to the point where entire like streets of stores are closing. Like we can't even have anything anymore because these people go in and like they steal shit. And the funny thing is they know they're, they know they're doing wrong. It's not like they, they're all, oh, oh, he's very challenged. He, he doesn't know right from what he thinks this is okay. No, no. When, when 50 people come in at one time and just start looting a store, you know exactly what you're doing. All right. But then when you get caught, it's like it's much like a Karen. They're the victim. It's like they're the victim, or they ain't doing nothing wrong. Or how dare you even call me out for doing this? And it's really getting old. It's really getting old. Like I look at these things and I say to myself, "How are we letting people get away with this?" All right, but this is also this is a product. You wanted to defund the police. This is this is the outcome. This is the consequence when you defund police. Murder is up 350% in this country. All right, crime is up 417% in this country. That's what happens when you defund the police. And these people were taught to hate the police. So they think that they can just go in and do whatever the fuck they want, and then when, when, you know, when the consequence hits you and it's time to pay the piper and the cop comes up, now, now it's the cop's the bad guy. 
and you're completely innocent and they act innocent. And it's like, you're a fucking asshole. You should be shot. Here's the first one. And this one makes me sick because you're getting your kid involved in it. This woman goes into, I don't know, it was, it was a CVS or a supermarket. I couldn't tell. All right. But she's basically teaching this girl who had to be eight years old at, at most. And she's teaching her how to fill up the cart and just run out the fucking door. And then the mom starts yelling at the employees for saying, why are you teaching a kid to do this? And then she goes, just listen to this. This is sick. Hey, she got that baby spinning and walking out the door with her son. You don't, why'd you follow me? You pitiful. No, you pitiful. You still beat you about a man you from you here? Yeah, you going to you got what? You got our business how we pay our bills. Stay out our business. You better go on follow me. You better go on follow me. You better go on follow me. I got you on camera, baby. I got your face on camera, baby. Ain't nobody scared. Ain't nobody scared. I'm not scared. Don't follow me. This I take care of my children. Okay, then. I got you on camera, baby. You and your family. I got you on camera. All right, now there's a lot to unpack here, and I, I'm just going to give a public service announcement to anybody who wants to, you know, put reels out there or put any kind of material out there, okay? Learn what the editing and learn what, you know, production is about. I could have played a 30-second intro to this to actually explain like, and tee up the situation, but for some reason, everybody likes to put reels out of like people saying shit and people doing shit, and they, and they put music over it. Why would you try to take away from the conversation so the, the viewer can actually understand what's going on? So let me paint you a picture. There was a woman in there, and she was filming this woman who was with her 8-year-old kid, and they're basically filling a shopping cart with like all kinds of laundry detergent, like 10 tubs of it and like all kinds of shit. And I guess her, her thing is she just steals from the store and then goes and resells it. I guess she considers that a job. So, you know, the lady calls her out now. She's like, yeah, you're letting that baby. Why are you teaching this baby to do this? And then the first thing that the lady turned around and said, well, did you hear it? And she said it throughout the whole video. She said, you're pitiful, pitiful. You're going and teaching a child that it's okay to go into a place, steal a bunch of shit, and then go out and sell it, and and, and that lady who's filming her is pitiful? You fucking kidding me? He's like, you stay out of my business. You don't know how you don't tell me how to raise my family, raise my family. Okay, good. You're doing a great job. You're off to a great start. Having her do the thievery, and did you hear the girl in the background? She was she started yelling at the lady, like, oh fuck you, you fucking hoe. She's eight years old. This is the future. And here's the kicker. When they got outside and she started saying shit, the lady goes into her fucking bag and pulls out a fucking nine millimeter and starts like, like flashing it all over the place. So you taught a child to go in and steal and then come out and sell it. Like that's, that's a good, that's a noble thing to do. And then when someone calls you out on it, you can, you basically just tell them they're pieces of shit. So that's, that's another great lesson. And then the third lesson is if somebody gets in your face, just pull out a gun. And, and people wonder why the world's so fucked up. Now, this one is just, uh, this one I will never, I, I, I guess I will understand it because, like I said, these people do all this asinine shit and then they think like it's completely normal. 
Now, this is another one that went viral of a woman who went into a Walmart. Okay, and then she. I'll paint you a picture on this one, okay? Because this one, this is a guess. Do you ever see these people who are like, you know, they're 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 too fat to walk around the store, so they got to go get the scooter? That's what she did. She's on a scooter. Okay, now something happened. I don't know what happened. Okay, but somehow a state trooper was in the Walmart, and the lady was was I don't know. She started egging him on or whatever it was, and she dared him and dared him and dared him. All right, and then something broke out. Now, I'll give my commentary afterwards, as always, but just just, just listen to this monstrosity. Drag me the fuck out! Drag me the fuck out! Drag me the fuck out! Drag me the fuck out of here! Drag me the fuck out of here! Yes, ma'am. say that one more time for me i don't think i caught it did you is, is walmart racist is that what you said i didn't hear you the first 937 times that you screamed now here's the thing all right there was there was 200 people around l- l- watching this okay that, that was the first thing okay but here's what it is all right the, the cop confronted her about something she was stealing she was trying to do the same thing that the woman and the and the um and the baby were trying to do the baby the eight-year-old all right and now there's a state trooper in your face and and what? How did the video start? Drag me the fuck up out of here! Like she was daring him. Drag me out of here! Drag me out of here! Drag me out of here! Because you're stealing. Drag me out of here. Okay. And then finally, he, like you know, he showed incredible constraint because she's basically like spitting and cursing in his face. All right. Then after that, she eggs him on even more by getting up out of her little gremlin scooter, and she starts tearing shit down. Like because they were close to the cash register, so she's ripping down candy aisles. She's ripping down displays, destroying the fucking store, daring him to fucking arrest her. All right. And then when he goes to detain her, she punches him in the face. A state trooper punches him in the face. Okay, and then he finally tackles her to the ground, and when he tackles her to the ground, what did she say? Because, you know, she repeats herself 37 times. She called him white trash nine times. Now, I'm not going to play the Ferris Bueller bit because I don't have enough time to nine times. Nine times. Called him white trash. All right, so let's recap. 
You dared this guy to fucking drag you down to the ground. You get up. You start destroying the store after you already tried to boost a cart full of shit. You punch a cop in the face, call him white trash nine times, and then Walmart's racist? Do you see the world we live in and in, in, in how racism is thrown around like this now? Explain to me how, what does Walmart have to do with any of this except the fact that you were in it, causing a fucking scene? And she just screamed it like an idiot 52 fucking times while everybody laughed at her because you're an idiot. You're an idiot. But this is the behavior. You see what I'm saying? This is the behavior today. You understand? You, you just, it's, it's, it's mind numbing to me. Now this one is just, this is an all time. This one is all time. Now, before I add my commentary into this, God, this is going to be a long one. To, anyway, I'll tee this one up for you. So a guy goes into a dollar tree and does what everybody's doing in this epidemic. And it's basically just filled a bunch of bags of shit and, or however, however he took it. And he walked the fuck out. Well, the owner of the Dollar Tree was in there, all right, and she followed him. She got into her minivan and followed him to his house to get her shit back. Like, you didn't pay for this. Like, what the fuck? So listen to this. All right, now I'll get my commentary. Here you go. fault that you ran into her store she's trying to run a business it's, it's her fault that you ran into the store and stole a bunch of shit and she actually chased you down now the beginning the crash that you heard in the beginning of that video was he's driving into his driveway and she finally caught up to him and she knocked him off the fucking bike which that was completely deserved okay and then he fucking bitch the fuck bitch and then they get into that whole argument and he keeps on saying give me my shit give me my shit and it's not your shit it's her shit it's her store and you didn't pay for it and then, and then he whipped out the line that everybody, this is another thing that these utes out here, this is another one, okay, that everybody's whipping out these days, okay? It's not even that serious. Oh, it's, it's not? It's not that serious? Theft is not that to go in it? It's not that serious. It's not even that serious. Like, that's that's what these kids are saying these days, man. Or, or here's the other one. You're doing too much. You're doing too much. It's not even that serious. Like, 
oh my god like it's it's unbelievable it's unbelievable and then he says so she goes to take his shit back he's fighting her give me my shit give me my shit and then he says he's gonna press charges on her go i need that money i'm sure you do (laughs) okay i'm sure you do if you're going into a dollar tree and stealing shit obviously you need that money but how do you think this is going to go down Oh yeah, nine one one. What's your emergency? Yeah, oh yeah, this this lady. Uh, she she knocked me off my bike. Okay, well what 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 happened? What like what? Give me the events that transpired up to that. Well, like what, were you riding down the street? What? No, I was riding into my house and she just she came into my driveway and just hit me in the bike. Okay, why? Why did she do that? Well, I mean, I had all the. Uh, you gonna tell them why? Who do you think is gonna like laugh and they're gonna laugh in your face while they take you away in cuffs? You just went and committed a robbery, all right? And and the, the store owner chased down said robber to go get her shit back. The hitting on the bike, that's out the window now, okay? That's out the window. These people have cast iron balls. You got you have a woman taking her eight-year-old into, into a, a place to go just steal a cart full of shit and walk out, and then when she's confronted about it, pull a gun out on the person that's filming them. Great example for the kid. You got a lady who fucking mouths off to a cop, dares him to fucking fuck with her, gets up and tears a store apart, punches him in the face, calls him white trash, and then calls Walmart racist. And then you got a guy who robs a Dollar Tree, and when the the owner comes out, this is just sickening. The whole fucking thing is sickening. And this shit just has to fucking stop. I don't know how it's going to happen. I really don't. All right, but this is this is you wanted this, not not my listeners. I know you guys don't, but this is what you wanted. Defund the police. Okay, now now you make your bed. Now you gotta land it. I don't want to hear the people who voted this shit in talking about crime. I don't want to hear it. This is what you asked for. So there's that. Now, <laughs> there's no way I'm getting into another bit of this. That's all I got for you guys this week. I've fucking had it. <laughs> <laughs> 33 minutes in this okay so if i add another three minutes into the close of this show which is about normal because the outro song is probably about i don't know minute and 15 minute 20 seconds but i lead into that so it's another three minutes so we're at 33 minutes now i haven't added drops in yet we're probably gonna might get close to 40 minutes here so the one was 42 that's an hour 22 holy shit this is gonna be over an hour and 50 minutes <laughs> oh my god Oh, shit. I still got to do this. It's going to take me another three hours, and it's 6 o'clock. So, again, for my Sunday Night Crusaders, I'm sorry. All right. I, I just I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I would have had this out. You know, why, why would you even get mad at me for having this out late on a Sunday night? Like, it's not even that serious. It's not even that serious. <laughs> you need to get a hold of me, Christian, at thecrodpodcast.com. You can get me on Facebook Messenger, or you can text or call me. If you have my number, and as always, the C-Rod Podcast is written, mixed, mastered, and produced by yours truly. Great spending my Sunday with you guys, as always, and, you know, I hope you guys enjoyed my final analysis, the final analysis of the Phillies. It's a heartbreaker. I still love you guys, but, man, man, you pissed me off. It's almost like I'm a dad, you know, like I'm not even mad at you. I'm disappointed in you. Like, that's where I stand. <laughs> at this time you know right now but man 
Yep, this is going to be a long one, so I got I just got to get on my horse and I got to get to work because it's going to be a long night. I still got to pick up my dinner and all kind of fucking shit. Why do I put myself in these predicaments? All right, but, you know, until next week, this is Christian Rodriguez saying, be awake, not woke, and you know you got to beat your fucking kids. Take care. Ha, 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 ha.